Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode. Meredith was marveling at a new Dice Envy bag that she has. Michael actually brought it for her to give it to her because she didn't have one. And now she has a a lovely, what is it? It's white and it's velvety and it's got the gold Dice Envy. It's got the gold Dice Envy. She's getting choked up. Look, (laughs) I was going to just try and re-record that. (laughs) Now I have to keep it in. Yeah, right. It has the (laughs) Dice Envy look. It has Thanks the for dice the axe. Ex- <laughs> 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 All Thanks for the bag. It has the Dice Envy logo embossed in gold on the front, and it's got nice drawstring at the top, and it's very soft on the inside. It's cool. Great. And they have beautiful dice, too. Mm-hmm. Michael is rocking his triple set of the gunmetal dice. Thane is envious that he doesn't have a metal set yet. Dice We're working envious. on that. And Meredith has her beautiful red set of yes, dice. My electro red metal dice. Whoop, whoop. I've got my trusty old acrylics back here behind the screen. But check them out, Dice Envy, diceenvy.com for beautiful dice. Also, we're going to use BattleBards sounds in this episode. Check them out, battlebards.com. Sign up for a Prime account and you'll get streaming access to those sounds plus tools you can use to put them together for use in your games. And if you use our code STACK, you'll get a 20% discount on signing up for that account. Catch us on Twitter and Instagram at Dice, by email at stack.o.dice at gmail.com, and check out our wiki, vardalon.fandom.com. A couple things I want to mention before we get into our question and then press on with the episode. Number one, I just got an email this afternoon that we finally charted in the United States we almost broke into the top thousand Woo-hoo! within our category. <laughs> so look out, folks. We're coming. <laughs> but if you are a listener of this show, seriously, your listening, your downloading week to week really helps make us more visible. And it's just fun to share our story with more people. The other thing, and we're going to feel some, some life kind of ebb out of the room here with this, but we're going to explain how temporary hit points work. For Womber Bash. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I, I think he, I think Michael's just gonna leave the table in frustration. He's just gonna go home. Extremely. So, with temporary hit points, the way we've been doing it is not quite the way it's supposed to work. They don't stack on top of each other. And so, basically, one of his feature, one of Womber Bash's features is that at the end of each round, or is it the beginning of each round? At the beginning of each round, he's been putting in plus four. Yeah. Basically, it's supposed to put him back up to plus four temporary hit points. If he starts out at 10 hit points, at the beginning of his round, he will have 10 regular hit points plus four temporary hit points. And let's say he gets hit for five damage. The four hit points, the four temporary points, will take four of that, and then he'll take one point of damage. At the start of his next turn, he'll have nine regular hit points, and then at the beginning of next round, he'll add four temporary hit points. And if he takes no damage in a round, he will still be at nine and four. He doesn't move up to nine and eight. And so that was my fault, my misunderstanding. So that's guided you through a bunch of our episodes, but it's going to be that way from now on. I guess I guess my rebuttal to that uh-huh. would be a couple of things. Uh-huh. Number one, my very uh, path that I'm choosing is called the immortal <laughs> class. <laughs> And on top of that, it's very, very interestingly written here. Mm-hmm. It says, starting at sixth... L- you can just stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're denied. <laughs> starting at third level, your psionic energy grants you extraordinary, <laughs> extraordinary fortitude. At the start of each of your turns, you gain temporary hit points. Each, uh, each of your turns, uh-huh. you gain them. Yes, and on top of that, that is when true. You, when you take a look at the temporary hit points, there is no limit on the definition of hit points here. I read the hit temporary hit points. There's no limit to how many you why can... Don't you, why don't you read that out okay, for sure. us? Some spells and special abilities confer temporary hit points to a creature. Temporary hit points aren't actual hit points. They are a buffer against damage, a pool of hit points that protect you from injury. When you have temporary hit points and take damage, the temporary hit points are lost first, and any leftover damage carries over to your normal hit points. 
For example, if you have 5 temporary hit points and take 7 damage, you lose the temporary hit points and then take 2 damage. Because temporary hit points are separate from your actual hit points, they can exceed your hit point maximum. Mm -hmm. A True. character can, therefore, be a full hit point and... Or, let's see. Actually, a character, therefore, be at full hit points and receive temporary hit points. Okay. Healing can't restore temporary hit points, and they can't be added together. If you have temporary hit points and receive more of them, you decide whether to keep the ones you have or to gain the new ones. That's right. I want to gain the new ones. Okay. That's that's the way it works. That's okay. the way I was okay. describing yeah. it. So let's say um, you take one point of damage yeah. in a round. That means you have three temporary hit points. At the beginning of your next round, you have the option of picking up four. Or just keeping the three that you So have. those four replace the three that you already had. Why would I ever choose the three that I had? And not I have no idea. If you, if you seriously just wanted Wombarash to die. Maybe you're taking a dive. Well, I, yeah, I guess I, I guess I don't understand how an immortal then is any more immortal than anybody else. Well, for I don't get with, no temporary with, hit points. With just four temporary hit points. Because each round you're getting those four as a buffer. But not in a, not like not the way you were thinking it, where they just chain. Because remember, it said you, they can't be added together. So it's just at the beginning of each of your turns, mm. if you are, you would gain four temporary hit points only if I guess. Like I said, if, if you were down to three of your temporary hit points, like Rhett said, then you could just replace that three with a fresh set of four temporary hit points. Which, I mean, obviously, you would obviously do that every time. I would say right. 99% of the yeah. time that's like what you, you want to do. Like you said, unless it was a case where you were trying to take a dive like for some sort of dramatic reason. Yeah, I just I still think that uh, that it's not written for the surge of health. It's not written very well. Then at least under the um, yeah, agreed. And that's under the, th under the mystic. I, I think that's part of their unearthed arcana. It's I not mean, when official. we're get, when we're get hit with like twenty one points of damage. I mean, yeah, I guess I guess the four might be helpful at the very end. So you, I don't know. I just don't see how that's extraordinary fortitude. But even our barbarian doesn't have. This yeah. ability to get that padding well, every single round. Well, that's because the barbarian round. chose the wrong path. I chose the path of the immortal. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have that option So there. I meant to have a box of tissues down here so you could have it next to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you one thing. He won't be as fearless anymore. Ah. So Because I'll be, I'll be, I mean, I have to worry about it. Well, here's the trade-off. I'm going to say that your magic was working overtime to give you the padding that it was. So now... After using up a bunch of your your side points, you're not going to be as tired. So you don't have to role play him getting as worn out now that you've learned how to control it. Now, there's another thing that I get, though, with side points, that every side point that I expend, I get that as a temporary hit point. That is true. That's that's a separate thing. So is that added on it then? No. Okay. So this so... is where the choice thing comes in. Either you keep your four at the end of a round, or if you spent five side points, you can take those five and replace your four. But you're guaranteed four per round as long as you have at least one hit point. Yeah, I still don't think that makes sense. I mean, I understand what you're saying, and I think mm -hmm. that's obviously by the rules, but it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I see, okay, I see a little bit of a, a help there, but I don't know about the extraordinary fortitude and extremely being string, extremely hard to kill with just that as being the only uh, thing as far well, as immortal. Well, let's say that a fight lasts six rounds. You've yeah. basically gotten 24 ex hit points, temporary hit points over that period. But, nev but never no more than four. No, never more than time. time. Right. So if I get hit twice with 21 hit point, 21 hits of damage, that four is not going to Yeah, much. it's not going to do a lot for you, but you're going to be doing better than either of the other Me. two, other yeah. three. <laughs> for some... I'd like to read one more, uh, one more thing real quickly here. There's something on here that says, um, okay, yeah, here it is. The Order of the Moral, you, mor, Immortal uses <laughs> psionic energy to augment and modify the physical form. The followers of this order are known as immortals. They use psionic energy to modify their body, strengthen them against attack, and turn them into cells of the living weapons. Their mastery of this physical form grants them their name, for immortals are notoriously difficult to kill i don't think four additional hint points is notoriously mm -hmm. difficult to that's, kill but that's whatever. just that's just flavor text 
Well, not, tax. Uh, but I mean, that, that's the thing. They shouldn't use that as the as the description of what that thing is. Then. Again, well, it's, it's not official. Uh, yeah. I, I know they are developing this for official release, and we're likely to see quite a few changes. Yeah, so that's actually good feedback, I think, to say, if nothing else, either they should consider allowing the chain chaining property of hit points. Which I don't or, see them doing. Right, yeah. or they just need to tighten up their language describing it in the material. Yeah, they definitely need to tighten up that language. Yeah. Or give some examples. Yeah. Right. I like think, give some tables of, Well, say you're in this situation. Or indeed right? let the immortal stack them, and that's the only exception to the rule. Bam. <laughs> because, hello, they're immortal. By definition. But are they immortal? No, what, not, now they're not. <laughs> they're indeed not now. That's like his main <laughs> argument. Well, here's the question for this episode. So far in the game, we have visited several countries on the continent of Edelin. Just to remind you, those countries are Moriga, Seth Arban, Muwaka, and Dauhuin. In each, I've tried to add a distinct flavor to help them stand apart from each other. Which has been your favorite country and why? So we'll start with Thane. I'd have to say that Dauhuin has been my favorite country thus far because of just the... I, I like that temple with the hyenas and all that. I liked the village, and especially when Wamberbash vomited profusely. That was my favorite. <laughs> Peter was laughing and pointing. I also liked the battle and the spire and all that stuff. So more the events that happened. More the events, but I also just like how it was created. And yes. <laughs> is there more to it? Is is there a reason you have this sort of affinity for it? Is it because of your studies in Chinese? Or is it just, it, it, this is the one that's most stuck with you? I guess it's just the one that's most stuck okay. with me. Great. Meredith, how about you? And you do not get a pass on this no, one. No, I won't take a pass. Um, I don't know. I think as far as actual setting, I like the, the stuff at the very beginning. It was just very exciting to me to get underway, I guess. And what and country was that? That was Morga. <laughs> yes, it was. Okay. Um, I'm just thinking back to the when I, when I first when we first set out tracking those bandits through the forest, and the time when I fell down the ravine and broke my leg. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that when I rolled a one? Yes. Yeah, that was great. And when you knocked me unconscious. <laughs> yes, when I knocked Peter unconscious. That was her favorite part. Yeah, <laughs> I've knocked you unconscious too, son. Um, but it was Tira's home turf. And you know, I miss I miss all the stuff about um, Arden, the the village. It's is it a village town? What's village. It called? The village. She misses Chiswick. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I was thinking recently. I need to find a way to get it into the game somehow that Tira misses home. That she misses her dad. I mean, they don't have any way of communicating. We've been gone for how long now? I mean, I have a cell phone. Like a week. <laughs> it's not been a week. I know that it's not been, you know, the full. How long has it been? Oh man, see, I I was wondering about that just this morning. Yeah, um, probably say a month or two. Yeah. What? Not even no. two months, but um, oh, that's it. I know. Yeah, I I'm would say like I would months. say about a month or less, maybe several weeks. Man, we've seen a lot in that period of time. You absolutely yeah. have. Your and growth has be been... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you have gone from level one to level six in 45 episodes, 44. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But I was just kind of thinking, and I guess, well, maybe maybe it really wouldn't occur to Tira that this is a long time to be away from home because in this type of a world where travel takes a long time, and I mean, the, the dwarves take in their mind to... Um, Flenmore? Flenmore, yeah. That wasn't a super long journey. It was just a neighboring village, really. Three days walk. Right. So that wasn't like, that's not like a month-long trip. But just being away from home, being out of uh, contact is not necessarily a foreign concept. It just seems like this is the longest she's ever been away and would be wondering what's going on at home with her father. Yeah. And, and you can still miss home. Yeah. But I know this is probably a total aside from what you were hoping to get. Not at all. Out of this question. Just send an e-pigeon. <laughs> yeah. So we have 
Dalwin, we have Moraga. Do you have uh, one of these two or a different one? Um, I was thinking Moraga until she took it. So <laughs> you can say uh, that too. No, I was kind of thinking. Yeah, I mean, it, just because it's more home, and and I think Bash is probably longing for home. So I'm thinking Flynnmore. So that's Moraga. I was gonna say Moraga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I like Moraga. What is it about it? I liked um, the city. I liked the moss. You know what I'm saying? I liked uh, I liked the fountains. I got my I got my sword there, which is nice with the Damascus pattern. I, I just I liked that portion of our of our journey. You're not even using that sword anymore. It's all Panabas. I mean, I've got I've got it. I've, yeah, the Panabas is double handed. <laughs> but I've got my katana. But um, you know, maybe maybe the DM will make it to where you know even a double handed Panabas swipe will be like a, maybe a D4 or something. Wait, he you... took my hit points away. Why wouldn't he take that away? <laughs> I see. So uh, lingering resentment. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll see if we make any new memories in this episode. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. Hello, stackers. I'm Rhett, the Dungeon Master for this 5th edition D&D adventure. Thanks for joining us as we continue our story, which takes place in the all-new, completely made-up world of Vardalon. With me is... Meredith as Tyr Ironstag. Michael as Wumberbesh Bensonmum. Thane as Peter Greyhawk. Last time, and again, I'm trying not to script these intros anymore, the group followed Kaluakos, the impossible-to-remember name, apparently... <laughs> <laughs> as he went across the open grassland following the great battle of Tuonue. After pursuing him for a couple hours, they came at last to where the great stone pillar was, made their way across. Oh, yeah, and they got to ride on some fancy new clockwork horses yes. provided by Asimaris and Bakongo. Made their way across the lake to the base of the pillar, made their way up the pillar, and then had a tense confrontation atop the pillar, which ended with Tira standing exultantly over the fallen barbarian's body. And then the crystal structure at the top split apart thanks to a bolt of lightning that came down, and rain started pouring down, and then light shot out of this great pillar as, as the rocky exterior peeled away and fell off, leaving the white core of the tower. Who's ready to tell a story? Me. Me. Guys, there was like a dude that fell out of that crystal structure, remember? So we need to figure out who this dude is. I'm very excited about this. Before we get to that, we rise from where we are. (laughs) Letting the world shrink beneath us once more, we find ourselves pulled northward, flying swiftly over the deep scars of gorges, the serried teeth of mountainous lands, and occasional flashes of rich valleys with little towns clustered around rivers. Then, as we pick up speed, we at last begin to see mile upon open mile of rolling grassland. The flight continues, the world rolls beneath us, and the temperature begins to plummet as we once more enter mountainous lands, although here, these are capped with snow. Here, our breath billows out in white clouds that freeze on our faces. Below, rolling slightly in water still choked with broken pieces of ice, is a ship of black wood. Its sails are furled, its decks quiet and clean. As we begin to descend, we can pick out armored figures that stand at either side of the door, leading into the ship's stern quarters. We pass through the door to enter the large cabin. Inside, the quarters are sparsely furnished. Tension hangs heavy in the air as tight faces stare at the lone figure in the room's center. From a solid but simple chair, the Reaver's metal-covered face watches as a picture floating in the air fades into nothingness. As the image pulls apart, we see the last retreating images of a dwarf standing above a collapsed giant while two humans and a dragon-like figure exult in a sudden flurry of rain. The Reaver straightens smoothly, 
turns to examine a map of the continent of Edelin. Small pieces cover its surface, and he quietly slides one of these pieces, a metal bore, from the near side of the table and into a gauntleted hand, casting it into a brazier, where the metal soon begins to melt in the heat of the coals. He then places a different piece, this one a small harp, on the small peninsula of Daohuin. So, it is confirmed. Kanawakos managed to awaken the bard. Let his success inspire you all. He looks at those in the cabin. Your mission will be to locate this wayward bard, of course. We must ensure he understands our intentions. May all of our generals be so successful. Success, my lord? Snorts one of those standing at the cabin's perimeter. His army was destroyed. They fled like cowards. The metal-clad face doesn't lift from its consideration of the map, but the voice cuts sharply in the closed space all the same. Yes. The army is regrettable, but not irreplaceable. The desperate and angry are everywhere, and we will pull them to our cause. Already we have seen victories in Setharban and Vonheide. I bear the banner for Indatus, and each victory brings his return that much closer. You will do well to remember this. The glittering eyes of the mask rise to look steadily at the speaker, who pales at these words and melts back against the wall's dark wood. The Reaver continues. My remaining three generals are close to accomplishing their own goals. They have gathered their own armies and they surely they have almost located the remaining pillars of harmony. He seems almost to spit this last word somehow. It is unfortunate they are not as clearly placed as this one. Once we have secured them as we have the pillars of disharmony, we may begin the ritual of summoning Indatus into this benighted world. He nods curtly and the figures begin to make their way out of the cabin, but the cold voice stops them one last time. If you should happen across that contemptible rabble that thinks to interfere with our plans, destroy them. With those words ringing in our ears, we rise through the dark wood, back into the sky, and settle once more atop a tower in the highlands of Daohuin. So we are back on top of the tower. It's raining. Tira, you are standing over the prone body of the barbarian. Bash and Peter and Thump are all standing around. And let's go from there. I'm making my way over to the uh, unconscious figure uh, in the middle of the spire that was encased in the crystal. Okay, Tira. Tira's just standing there with her ex still not not down at her side but just kind of almost as if she was planning to strike again and just sort of heaving taking in the moment i'm just standing there can we have somebody look at look at what he's got on him any any indicator of who he works for i'll do it thump reaches down and picks up the axe he he grunts a little bit as he does so it's heavy but he picks up the axe and looks at it appraisingly what are you looking for on the body? Identifying marks, I guess. Is anything that would indicate who sent him or what else he was planning to do? Well, he told you in his speech before the battle mm-hmm. that he was representing the Reaver Mordant. Uh, he, he shouted that across the battlefield. Right. So you know that much. He At least he self-identified. We've never heard that name before. You had not heard that name before. Trying Um, to get more information on this Reaver Mordant. Well, why don't you give me an investigation check? Time to go. Sherlock pulls out a little pocket magnifying glass and words start popping off of his body. Am I the one doing this? Yes. I guess that's not great. Tira, you're so distracted by the rippling muscles. <laughs> He's a perfectly buttered. <laughs> it's like a pirate and an angel had a baby. <laughs> no, you don't see anything of interest. Somebody else check it. And you think you have given it a pretty good go. Oh, man. Peter, you're making your way carefully across the top of this tower. The wind has died down since the rain started. However, it's very wet. 
slip. So and that's make- how Peter dies. <laughs> <laughs> I just fall. don't come with me. <laughs> I, I, no, I, 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 just, I just like slip and break my spine. Okay, stop. <laughs> Let's get on with it. You make your way over to the shattered crystal box, and again, it it was perched right in the middle, laid out like a coffin on top of this tower. And when the lightning struck down, it just shattered the crystal to pieces. And so the top is a mixture of, of open. It's, it's all open now. However, there's jagged pieces that are melted back. So it's blackened around the edges from where the lightning struck inside. You can see a a body dressed in black clothes with the hands folded neatly over the chest. I have no clue what to do. I'm just looking down, kind of confused, like, who is this guy? What, what, what does he look like other than what he's wearing? He has a neatly trimmed beard, kind of one of those close salt and pepper beards, and a, a, a very neat mustache. So it, even though he looks old, he does not seem to have aged or grown in any way for however long he's been in here. He seems to be a little on the tall side, maybe just over six feet tall, but not extremely tall. Thump would definitely tower over him. Oh, Thump towers over everyone. Right now. He didn't tower over Kaluakos. No. (laughs) He will always tower over everyone in my imagination. I see. Even over this spire. Does he appear to be alive? Does he appear to be alive? Yeah, Tira. (laughs) No metagaming. His chest does seem to be rising and falling shallowly. I'm going to, like, gently shake his shoulder. You reach in past the shattered crystal, maybe brush a little bit of it off of his doublet that he's wearing. It it, it appears to be a, a fine velvet doublet. Hmm. You, you reach in and shake him on the shoulder, and you hear, What? Hello? Who is who is this? As the rain is just dumping down on his face. <laughs> Actually, uh, you as you reach in, you realize that his doublet is not wet. He used Scotch card, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he he does not seem to be wet. In fact, there's a a, a mild warmth emanating from him. Huh. Uh, who are you? He manages to sit up carefully. He has to scrunch. A little bit to get through the the narrow coffin lid, but he sits up and looks around and begins to lift himself out again. However long he's been in this box, his overall physical well-being does not seem to have suffered any. He's able to lift himself out easily. He sits on the edge, swings his legs around, and again, you notice that everything he's wearing seems to be very well tailored, and the rain almost seems to part around him and just fall it's all spraying onto me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he reaches in and pulls out from that glass box, the crystal box. He reaches in and pulls out a harp. It's not a full-size harp. It's more like a travel-sized one. <laughs> For your convenience. <laughs> oh, cheap so he can plastic. bring it on the airlines, right? Cheap yeah. plastic and nylon strings. Um, but yeah, he pulls it out and... And he's just got this beautiful, it's a, it's a dark, almost like an ebony wood harp. And the strings appear to be made out of silver. Well, I'm going to restate myself. Who are you? He straightens up, stands, and holds the harp comfortably in the crook of his arm and looks at each of you in turn. The rain is just falling down, splashing, but he doesn't seem to be phased by it one bit. My name is Antiphon. Gesundheit. Who are you? I'm Peter. Over there, I point all the way across the... Well, not all the way across the pillar, but I point over there and I say, that's that's Tira. She's the short one. There's Bash. You can smell him from over here. And there's there's one thump, crack, stump. Our you can friend. smell him too. <laughs> you can smell him too, yeah. I see. Why are you here? You know, that's a good question. We were chasing this guy who... Uh, was leading an army to attack the city. We chased him all the way up here and um, defeated him. Is that him there? Yes. You seem to have done well. Yes, it was, it was all my doing. 
Okay, at this point, Tira's ears are burning. Uh, you can hear us all the way from over there. Yep. <laughs> I mean, what's what's the like the diameter of this thing? It's not like it was a mile wide. It's, it's raining. It's about fifty feet diameter. Fifty miles wide. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that far away, right? And it's raining, and lightninging. No, it's not lightninging. That was just to open the it's crypt. Not, no. That was the last bolt of lightning. Would, would uh, Peter really lie like that? Yeah, for real. No. Not really. It was it was a, it was all of us, primarily the short one. <laughs> Why can't you just call me Tira? What are you doing? Says Peter when he's talking to new people, much like me when I'm talking to new people. <sighs> okay, so hearing Peter talking to Antiphon, uh, right. what do you all want to do? I'm gonna head over there to see who this is as well. I can see you splashing across the top. Mm-hmm. Peter, who is this? This is An- Antiphon. Antiphon. Lady. Uh, how, how long have you been here? He looks very confused. And then he says, Let me see. We split up, each heading for one of the pillars. Eight of us, each riding in different directions. And I chose this one. You mentioned a town. Yeah, it's 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 down there. There was no town here at the time. This was out in the middle of nowhere. Wait, you said eight of you? I did. And you were all you were all riding towards a tower. Towards one of these pillars, yes. What are these pillars? Wait, we only know about four pillars. No, no, no. The poem talked about four dark ones, right? Yes. Are you sure? I thought I only talked about where's, the four pillars. Where's the poems? Like the the one that's in haiku. Let's see. Which one we got? We've got Desert Sage. We've got Sky Falling. There's the haiku. Inner Light. Inner Light. Inner Light. That's, that's the one. Across the gorges and to the north, a pillar fine stands in Crystal Splinter. I think that's where we are right now because it mentions Dao Huin. Across the gorges. Right. Well, yes, we found this. We found this one in the library. Oh, we, is this one we got from the from the tent library? No, no, no. no. This um, is this was the monastery that we ju- we just got that one. That's our we, most that's our most recent acquisition to our expanding collection. Really? No. Okay, well, let me look here. Crystal splendor pillar it rises high. Two more such, so that would be a total of three. You may take my word for it. There were eight. So, anyway, uh, where are these pillars? Do you know? Yes, if you and your comrades were all each riding off to them, do you know where the locations of all the others are? We knew generally where they were. That's more than we know. But each of us had our own calling, our own direction. So you were sent to this crystal tower? I was drawn to it, yes. All right. What, what was your calling to do here? Well, that's where it gets a little hazy. I don't know. I believe, at least on my way here, I was under the impression that I was to try and contain it. Uh, You have to understand that the world was falling to pieces, quite literally. We were doing everything we knew within our power, which is considerable. Mm -hmm. But we didn't quite know what to do with this, and certainly the, the gods shattering. Gods plural or gods possessive? Well, we're looking at Varda and Indatus, yes? Oh, no. What do you mean, oh, no? There's 18 gods. <laughs> he looks at the other others of you as if he's expecting you to join in with the joke. Oh, simple one. Uh. <clears throat> there are only two. This does not go down. No, there's always been 18. No. There's, <laughs> Someone has deluded you, my child. This has been established for hundreds of years. Hundreds? No. Yes. Could people have really gone this far away from the truth? I must have been in this box for much longer than I fear. It has been a long time, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming you've been here for a long time. Well, if that's the case, then I assume you've been here for a very, very long time. 
if there were many gods, they would war with each other. There, there would be petty squabbles, and it would be ridiculous. It would be a drama that which cultures would make entire stories and mythologies off of. <laughs> no, you are mistaken. Thunder smite. Let's put that on one side for the moment. <laughs> yes, lady. <laughs> the ground tremble. I mean, it's, it's possible Peter's mistaken. He was mistaken about magic. <laughs> That's a fair point, Peter. <laughs> I refuse to accept. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to that, all right? We just... Do you know how you ended up on the top of this pillar in a crystal box? I do not. However, I have much that I need to do. I can already feel things pulling at me. And if I was in this state, as one of the eldest of the bards, I have a fear that something similar or worse has happened to the others. And I believe I need to be going now. Hey, Tira, he's not getting wet. Look at him. What? Look at him. He's, he's not getting wet. You're right. Um, excuse me. He's been fiddling with his harp, trying to tune it, mm-hmm. and he's done a couple of quick test pulls on the strings. It is very out of tune. It is very out of tune. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's weathered the time well also. I can't help noticing that even though it's pouring down rain on top of this pillar, your clothes don't seem to be getting wet. The rest of us are drenched. I see that. <laughs> and Funny, I'm, isn't it? <laughs> better you than me. <laughs> what? But how? He goes back to his harp. But how? My dear, this is child's play. Are you seriously asking me this? Is does it have to? Well, do with, does it have to do with magic? Well, of course. What doesn't? A lot of things in this world. Wait. Okay. He's pulling at his harp, and you can see almost like birds forming out of the notes and beginning to fly away. What? <laughs> Listen, we are not from the world of your time. <laughs> you need to give us more information. We have traveled for miles and miles and days and days. For two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't seen my dad in 10 days. Uh, <laughs> you know, I might actually just like... Or maybe hey, some, somebody I'm should in the go. middle of a rant here. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Antiphon is quite indifferent about your rant also because he <laughs> walks away from you. Hey! Toward the edge of the tower, looks backward with a wry smile, and then just walks off the edge of the <gasps> tower and keeps on walking. We, we need information! Come back! Wait, Antiphon! Antiphon! Antony! Antiphon! (laughs) What? His feet almost seem to glide across the air, and the the rain parts before him like a curtain. And then Moses? And then he just leans (laughs) forward and sweeping wings begin to appear off of him. And then before you know it, he's just flapping away off into the rain soaked. Wombat Bash spells five or expels five points. (gasps) Yeah. And goes after him. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Go so, for it. So I, I, I run, do, 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 and then I just jump off, and I my wings sprout out, and I go after him. <laughs> I'm going to say, since this is only your second transformation, you actually drop about three it's feet actually, before... Is it your third? As a bird? No, it's your second. No, it's my second. second yeah, it's bird. My second. The first one was a mistake. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> which, second one was a rat. Which we ended up not doing. And then this is a bird. Yep. Yeah. So you... Jump off and you drop briefly before you pick back oh, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is ahead of you, I'm going to say about 100, 200 feet. Okay. I just kind of imagine you have Antiphony over here who like... Antiphon. Antiphon, that's what I said. Uh, Antipathy. <laughs> <laughs> who who like erupts with swan wings and just starts flying gracefully out. And then you just have Wamberbash who comes stomping to the edge, jumps off and these black crow's wings just like shoot out <laughs> of his back. He just like... He's just, <laughs> he has the he has the crow sized wings. <laughs> okay, so you are you're basically sawing the air between you, trying to catch up as quickly as you can. 
And he is taking, he's definitely moving at a leisurely pace. Um, he is not trying to put on any great bursts of speed. So you are slowly gaining on him. And after I'll say maybe two minutes of hard work on your part, you catch up to him. Are you out of breath? No. No. Okay. You're just working a little harder than. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So what happens as you catch up or get close to him? Where are you going? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) is that a, is that a place? <laughs> it's like surprise. A fellow flyer. First time. Judging from the questions back there, I thought that um you lot were not quite where I am magic wise. You just hear Peter's voice. It's just, we have questions. We we know we're on a quest, but we don't have all the information. I'd really appreciate it if you would help us. What help do you require? Well, we only, we don't know much about the pillars, and, and we came to, to, we were sort of drawn to this one by an evil. Now, we vanquished that evil, but we're not really sure where the other ones are exactly. Can you help us with that information? Please come back. I have my own pressing matters to attend to, but I will see what I can do to enlighten you. Eight pillars scattered throughout the land fell from the heavens as two gods struggled. And as he's telling this, you're almost getting flashes in your mind of what it actually looked like. And somehow you know this isn't you just imagining it or being influenced by his words. It's like you you feel like it's the right thing, that this is actually what happened and you're seeing it happen in your mind. As they struggled, the pieces broke and fell to this world. With them, with their shattering came the breaking of magic. Now at the time, magic still lived in the world, but it seems that it has begun to fade, if not disappeared. I am in search of my comrades, the other bards. I do not know that you can come with me, but I will see if I can leave you signs to help point you in the way you must go. Do you know who the stag is, the iron stag? Not by that description. Is this a person of whom you speak? No, it's it's a huge male deer. He's the one who introduced us to the magic, or, or I guess reinduced magic to us. I am sorry, that means nothing. Well, how far is the next pillar away from us here? I don't know. I must find this out on my own. Well, you seem to be very powerful. Is there any way that you can create a mental link with me so if I need you, I can call on you? I am going to need all of my faculties for this search. Can't you pass a little of that faculty over here? <laughs> this guy's a jerk! <laughs> he's very unhelpful. That, that, that's what I'm hoping to convey. That he's a jerk? Kind of, yes. Okay. Uh, very self-involved. He's very unhelpful. Uh, definitely, he's... I guess I want you to have the impression that he doesn't consider you in his league, mm-hmm. that he is almost on a on another level from you. I dig in my uh, pack and grab one of the um, stones that I have in there. I had two extra stones in my bag, and I toss one to him, and I say, do you know what this is? You toss it toward him, but it hovers in midair between the two of you. It's almost like an invisible hand has reached out and caught it. It floats around to in front of him so that even in flight he can look at it without having to move his arms. He shrugs, makes a a wry face, and then passes it back to you by the same invisible hand. No idea. Well, this is the only way that we've been able to harness magic. Why is that? I am assuming these are smaller versions of the pillars. means nothing to me. By virtue of being one of the bards, I have magic in me at all times. It is a part of who I am. I do not have to worry about losing it. Defines who I am. Where did you come from? Were you born like the rest of us? Or did you come from the pillars? I was born. Once. I have one of these crystals in my body, I think. Does that mean I also have power within me and I don't need this crystal? I don't know. I turn 
and I go back. He flaps, just smack that He dude. flaps his wings with one, uh, it's like a, like a frog kick on it, just one really strong mm-hmm. sweep, and the distance between you immediately separates. <laughs> I can see you just actually cupping your wings mm-hmm. and, and falling back, and then just turning around and heading back. Can you see him, Peter? Is he coming back? I'm straining my eyes through the rain as I see this shadowy figure start um, flying in an ungainly fashion back towards us. <laughs> now I'm starting to get tired. Okay. And I think I'm probably going to land before I get to the top of this stupid thing. <laughs> no, you did. Uh, you, your spell effect lasts for one hour. Oh no, it it does, it does. But I think, I think I'm I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> You you can certainly land wherever. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go as close as I can, so I know that they kind of see me, and I'm gonna call out with like a crow's call. Ah! <laughs> Wait, you could just speak in English with this guy the whole time. No, but you're I'm, talking. But my regular talking voice won't carry that far because I'm just basically letting them know, watch me, because I'm going down now. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna then I'm not gonna like dive down i'm just kind of gonna like mm-hmm. spiral down gotcha so i land as softly as i as i know do how you want to land over by your horses yes okay yes. why don't you do that you there settle is. down at near the base of the tower on the opposite not on the island but across the island where your horses are there he is he's going down over to the horses oh all right here let's um, let's, let's head down we better head down so as we make our way over um, I'm actually going to search. Kira's going to kick that dude off this edge. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Wow. I'm going to look over Kalalakus because I don't think Tira did a good job. <laughs> no metagaming. 13. It's kind of hard to hide anything in a fuzzy diaper and a... <laughs> That's all he was wearing? <laughs> and a cross belt. <laughs> That's all he was wearing? <laughs> yeah, you, uh, your role is not discovering anything either. Fine, then I'm just going to slide down. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> Because it's raining, because it's wet, and because the uh, the exterior of the tower sheared off the pathway you came up. <gasps> That's right. We can't just go down the stairs. They're not there anymore. It's a slide now, isn't it? It's a water slide. Please let it be a water slide. The ground, something way down at the base of the pillar, begins to shake. And you can feel the top of the tower swaying. And it seems to be gathering in intensity as you are standing here. Is it just going to keel over and deposit us on the other side of the moat? The path that you came up is quite a bit less, but Peter, you're right. It's now turned into a slide. Yay! And it's just going to wind its way down. So if you just want to water slide it down. Let's hit it. Please let it be a (laughs) ramp that shoots me up to the air so I can land perfectly on my horse. It stops about halfway down. And just <laughs> drops you the rest of the way. <laughs> Come on, DM. We have to get off this thing. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to... I do it almost like a buddy from Elf when he's going up the escalator. Except... Oh. just kind of goes, uh, no. Slides down, no. And Tira, are you just, just going to push by him and go? Yeah. I'm going to go down like skateboard style. <laughs> <laughs> you slide your way down. Water is splashing all around. Thump looks terrified the entire time. Uh, thankfully, he's behind you, so any sense that he's emitting of fear or terror are getting thrown up I'm right beyond, behind, behind him. you. I'm yeah. right behind him. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Peter's getting a full face <laughs> just, of I'm just, sense. I'm just unconscious while I'm just what we're <laughs> Ew, you're, oh. you're getting a face full of sweat smell. <laughs> mm-hmm. In the rain, so it's more like a wet dog type thing. Yeah, great. So I'm just unconscious as we're sliding down. <laughs> okay. You eventually make your way down to the bottom where you land in a huge puddle. About the moment that all three of you exit the slide and hit the mud and go sliding across the island, the pillar gives one last desperate wrench and then just picks up out of the ground and begins to slowly move into the air. And it's just rising like this giant cylinder Oh no! up into the air. Kalawakas is doing that thing. Who cares? It's gaining speed and then... As it goes, light shoots out of both ends, the top and the bottom, one lancing upward into the heavens and one down into the hole left in the earth. That light flares for 30 seconds and then fades out, but your eyes still have that white haze on them from the brightness of it. And then it, when you recover your sight well enough, the pillar is gone. You just see a, a shape going up into the sky and leaving 
this planet. Where is it going? Uh. Once you collect yourselves and make sure that you have everything on your person, you get back in the boat, which takes you across the water. Peter, you feel warmth from the bundle of scrolls in your backpack, or how are you carrying the, your various scrolls and things? Yeah, they're in, they're in my backpack. I open my backpack, but leaning over it so rain isn't, well, I mean, it doesn't really matter now because like we're all thoroughly, thoroughly soaked. Uh-huh. So yeah, so I just open my backpack. As you open it, a wave of heat rolls out and hits you in the face, kind of like opening an oven. And uh, you can immediately see that the map is glowing. I pull out the map. It is hot to the touch. You're ah. you're having to handle it like a hot like a baked potato, and you manage to unroll it on the ground, and you can see something looks different about it. Give me a uh, perception check. Oh joy! Come on, boy. I am going to fail this. There's multiple obstacles for it to run into. Yes. Excellent. All right. Reverse psychiatry. <laughs> That's a 22. Your eye is drawn immediately to the row of symbols across the top of the map. There were 18 symbols laid out. That's right. The leftmost three, you're, you're seeing on the paper that they begin to shift and form a triangle between them. And then they merge into a single symbol as that pillar leaves the atmosphere. The Deathly Hollows. <laughs> <laughs> So now your map has 15, 16 symbols. What happened, Peter? There were three symbols right here, and they just merged. And the merged symbol, it's basically a combination of all three. So the, the symbols themselves are all still represented within this combined symbol, but they are all together now. What do you think it means? Additionally, as you ask that, a wave hits all four. All three of you, all four of you, I guess. I'm just trying to, yeah, all four of you. Uh, and you all take a step. It's, it's like you mm-hmm. feel dizzy all of a sudden, like something is just not right. What was that? What is happening? I, I, I think it's bad that that guy woke up. I, I, he, he's not, he's not, hel- not going to help this situation at all. I, I talked to him. And I don't have a very good feeling about that guy or he, about those other people that he was talking about. He didn't give you any more information? Not not really, and he was kind of mean. I'm, I'm very confused. When the stag first sent us on this quest, he made it sound like we were going to be saving something, that it was going to be all good that we were doing. But it seems like it's changed so much. I even asked him about the stag, and he had no idea what what the stag was or, or anything. Yes, I asked him. I said, you know, we got our magic from these crystals that the stag gave us. I, I showed him one of our crystals, and I asked him about, or I told him that we get our magic from these, and they were given to us from a stag, and he acted like he had no idea what I was talking about. So didn't, he didn't know the stag. He never he wasn't heard of sent him. by the stag? No, he even asked, when I first asked him about the iron stag, he asked if it was someone, if that was their name. <sighs> My sense that something is not right with all this is growing by the minute. I, I think we have to stop the pillar from doing what it did. That's what I think. I think we need to find the next pillar and stop this from happening. I even asked him where the next one was, and he said he had his own things to worry about. I think we need more information, which sounds terrible rolling off my lips. But it just doesn't seem like we're on the right path anymore somehow. I think we should go back to the, the village and get something to eat because I'm starving. And with him saying that, I suddenly realize that I'm ravenous too. I can't even remember when the last time I ate was. There is one thing I wanted to do before we conclude this episode. A couple things. First of all, because the pillar has been activated, Thane, you were short a couple of spell slots and spell cantrips and things. You're going to get one cantrip to get you closer to what you should have by the rules. All right. Bash, I think we have shorted you a little bit on some of your abilities. So pick one that you're supposed to have. Those feature things or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That that you're supposed to have. And I I said you're restricted. You can't do that. 
And Tira, just keep being yourself. I know, never <laughs> yeah. change, Tira. Yeah, because you're not really using anything special. And so... Um, I'm not magic. <laughs> All right. And the other thing is... Um, this is going to be a little bit of world building on your part, all three of you. Asimris and Bakongo finished the horses in short order, and so they felt like they had a little bit of time to add some interesting features. Each of your horses has a little button near the saddle so that while you're riding, you can push it. Cup holders. What okay. does your horse do? What is your horse's Ooh. special feature? Hmm. <laughs> I got it. I got mine. All when right. I press the button, my 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 horse like goes double speed. Okay, for how long? For ten minutes. Ten minutes. Um, we'll say that it can move one hundred twenty feet per round. I'm gonna make it one minute. Okay, because that's ten 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 rounds. rounds. Okay, yeah. all right. Anything, and then we'll just we'll refine it once you come up with right. the general idea. Pegasus. A Valkyrie. Ooh. Hey, yours? So you can impale people. <laughs> Unicorn, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> so not, Peter. Who, not this one. If you're impaling people with it, that's awesome. I'm on a metal horse. <laughs> I press a button and its face turns into a chainsaw. <laughs> hmm. I, I'm trying to come up with it. Well, yeah, that, that that's that's definitely in the running. But I'm just I'm trying to think of something that would complement Tira's abilities and personality i mean it's already not a f- hey what if it turns into a like not a clydesdale but like two times the size of a clydesdale so it can grow in size maybe what i was thinking because i was trying to <laughs> her, little, her little legs are like straight to the <laughs> side and that's how you get really agilitous Limber, flexible, yes. dexterous, flexible. That's the word. <laughs> it just left my no, head. No, the first thing I kind of thought of was about uh, it's being able to see in the dark, but it's already not a flesh horse. Like it probably already has the. It doesn't. It's not. And you can also see in the dark, right? But I meant like pitch black or something. I was like headlights, but I mean it's it's a mechanical horse. I'm sure well, it's not. Maybe it can turn on some light. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> It if if all this is, ooh, this button is for my horse's headlights. I mean, that's just stupid. <laughs> uh, I got high beams. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like the wings because then we, then we have two oh. of us who can. Okay. What I will say then is your horse can pop out some wings, but they're not flight wings, but rather gliding Glide. wings. That's okay. All yeah. right. All right. I'll take that. So uh, your horse has the ability to glide. So I, like, I could, if I had, if I for example, not you know, if I'd been on top of the tower with this horse, I could have spread the wings and just jumped off, and that's how we could have gotten down. Spread much your more wings easily. and fly. That would have been dope. <laughs> Sugar <a> Ray. <laughs> but, but but you have to scream Pegasus when you hit the button. No, <laughs> no. Pegasus. <Yes>, it's... <laughs> fly, horsey, fly. <laughs> All right. Was... So we have a gliding horse. We have a, a horse that horse. can move at double speed for one full minute, and Peter's horse. I really wanted to do a flying horse, like so I could almost be like a knight on a flying metal horse. But she's already taken the gliding thing. I've also been well. And Dad wouldn't have let you. He, I said wings, and he already told me no flying. You can just glide. I'm thinking about maybe giving my horse the ability to just cast Eldritch Blast, so so we could be chasing. I'll be like shoot him, (laughs) and it. You can imbue your horse with your magic? Uh, no, with its own magic. Tell you what, instead of magic, I'll make it so that you can um, feed a clip of crossbow bolts. And then it, it can... It, exactly, it can shoot... Out of its mouth. The clip, <gasps> Yeah, the clip can hold 10 crossbow bolts. Man, so, <laughs> sir, do you have a license to carry that fully automatic assault horse? <laughs> Does that sound... Fair. Uh, well, that's one of my ideas. Hmm. That's oh, all right. What, what's your other idea? Well, that well, I was thinking of flying or eldritch blast, but I feel like the ability to give my horse any one ability. Let it feel love. 
<laughs> what if I could press a button and it turned into uh, not a very strong soldier, but just like a mechanical like a soldier transformer, like like Ooh. like it transforms into a mechanical soldier to fight at my side for a minute. For a minute, yeah, just for a limited amount of time. And so it's, ten, and ten maybe, rounds. Or okay, maybe, here, maybe he doesn't have to be all that strong. And once he we'll do, once yeah. he drops to once he drops to zero hit points, he turns back into the horse and maybe shuts down for a little bit. We'll have to come up with the the statistics, uh, not statistics, the okay. attributes for this horse figure. Yeah, so I'll let you handle that, and then I'll we'll, we'll work together to make sure that it's fair. But one time per day. Your horse can transform into a robotic, still horse-looking, but kind of like a horse-human hybrid thing. I just kind of imagine it like almost like uh, a Greek hoplite, but maybe with his helmet, horse-looking. Okay, yeah. And he just, he just, you know, I'm over here slashing and cutting with my katana. He's over here stabbing fools with his spear. Okay, so let's uh, let's let's go with that, and. This is the last thing before we close out this episode. For inspiration, starting next game, what was the name of your horse? Ballerina. Well, I wrote it down. Oh. <laughs> but I didn't look. Okay, like, don't, look, don't look, me, don't look, don't look, don't <laughs> look. When you asked me, I just knew. I, I, I don't think I wrote it down. Good. Thane, Peter's horse. Lord Porkmeat Second. I thought it was just pork meat the second. Well, I, I tacked Lord, on son of the Lord of the horses. Yes, yes, that's what it was. <laughs> pork meat the second, son of the Lord of the horses. Okay, so um, he didn't say it exactly. He did not. Yeah. Okay. They, uh, they already have all kinds of magical things. Michael, I need a thing. Michael is looking terrified. <laughs> Was it glue? Or contemplative? No, no, no. it wasn't. Ooh, no, I remember no. what it is. I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna say. say. I'm not gonna say it, but I remember what it was. <laughs> isn't, that like, isn't that like Richard or something like that? Nope, nope. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, it was Bruce. Don't let me down, Bruce. 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 So you just wanted to get that br in there, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that is going to do it for this week's episode. We know it was a little strange. Um, because of the interactions with Antiphon, the first of the true bards to awaken from his enforced slumber. Yeah, however, I'm really worried. I think we're doing something wrong. <laughs> however, this is all important to the story. Yeah. So let's talk about experience points. Um, I gave you experience points last game for awakening for the, Antiphon, although you didn't know who it was at the time. Mm-hmm. The... I'm going to say for your interaction with him, you all get two experience points. And that's all the given experience that I have. So now let's talk about Norse battle. Uh, Peter for being his usual witty, charming self. <laughs> After your interactions with Antiphon. Yes. Um, does does Bash get an extra point or so for his idea to just take off after him? That was clever. He doesn't need. That was clever. Let's let's my go. My favorite point. My favorite part of the whole thing was, ah, oh. yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> oh, uh, let's go with two for that. I can't believe I'm feeding the beast. I know. I can't believe I'm giving Bash. Mom, you're the one Why? who. Compl- what's 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 wrong with giving I Bash know, points? I know. I know. You're the one who complains the most about him getting all I this do. experience. I'm and then you're just like, here, Womberbash, take some more. Well, I mean, we had to think of something to nominate people for. I mean, I don't know if it's points worthy, but just our whole conversation trying to process afterwards and thinking, wait a minute, are we even doing the right mission here? Yeah, I think Because it really was... is starting to feel like we've taken the left turn somewhere. That was good deliberation, I think. So, um,. Who started that conversation? She did. Yeah, take two. Uh, I have an idea for Thump. I think we should give him a stone. I mean, next next game, I think we should give him a stone, see if he can start introducing magic for himself as well. Definitely. We're going to need all the help we get. I, I, I think you should try something. Come up with something and pass it by him just to see if you can use your stone to do something, whether it's imbue your axe with additional magic of some sort mm. or something, or or maybe... Maybe you grow in height by like a foot. I mean, so I'm, I'm a normal-sized like, person. Or, or, or strength or something. Yeah. Like I, I have, 
feet of strength, which mm-hmm. gives me plus five to strength. Something. Yeah. You should be able to use your stone, whether it's part of your yeah. thing or not. Because you're the only one that hasn't really used it. That's true. It sings me a lullaby, and that's about it. <laughs> okay. Any other experience points to nominate for? Doesn't look like it. So uh, good job, everyone. Let's go ahead and have that recap. All right. Tira is 59 points into level six. Wammer Bash is 79 points into level six. Peter Greyhawk is 66 points into level six. And Thump is somewhere. I don't know where. I'm going to have to get him caught up. <laughs> but he's, he's level four now, right? He is level four. Yes. Just level four as of two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. A lot of good things going on. And if you are a longtime listener of this show, we definitely want to thank you for sticking with us, for being a part of this show in whatever way you have been, whether it's comments on Twitter, likes on Instagram, that sort of thing. If you ever feel like taking the time to leave us a review, that would really help us out a lot, help others to be able to see our show and help others to enjoy what we're putting together. And we'd love to hear from you through our various Instagram and Twitter presences. Just take a moment to let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. And we will look forward to seeing you here at our table again next time at Stack of Dice. You slav. (laughs) You splash your way down. (laughs) Slap your way down.